Today, I'm going to be talking about gratitude, and I love that song so much because gratitude takes a lot of humility, right? And I can tell you a lot in my life personally, I have a lot of gratitude for what God has done in my life because I've been through some really, really challenging stuff. And I want to share that with you guys a little bit first, so it's going to get a little heavy, but I want to pray with you guys first. So can you guys pray with me real quick? (sighs) Jesus, I thank you for everyone in this room, Lord. I pray... uh, as we learn about what gratitude is and the actions we can take in gratitude and in love of who you are, Lord, that you help everyone here to hear your words and hear these stories of redemption that you have through your word. I pray over this message, Lord, that you, uh, you use me in a way to impact someone's life today. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Everybody say it. All right, I'm going to share a little bit about my story. So I've shared this last time I spoke a little bit, but I'm going to dig into it a little bit here. I did not grow up as a Christian. Dun, 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 right? How many of you guys did grow up a Christian? Raise your hand. Yeah, there's a lot of us, right? But I did not grow up that way. So in fact, I grew up a heathen. I say that to myself because it's true. I was what I call myself a hot mess, right? So I grew up in a household. Okay, I'll say not hot mess, right? I'm just kidding. All right. So I grew up in a household that, very serious moment here, was very abusive towards me, right? And so I grew up in a household where my parents were very verbally abusive and they treated me with no respect at all. And it was, I grew up in a really challenging situation. And what happened was I fell into this really deep, dark depression to the point where literally there was a couple points where I almost ended my life. And I know I just dug in really deep, really quickly, but I promise there's a purpose to me saying that. And the purpose of that is because through all of that, through all those moments, God was orchestrating a story for me, right? And we see that in our lives. And that's what we talk about with gratitude is God is orchestrating a story and we can glorify God through that story. And what happened was around high school, God put people in my life that were believers And they invited me to youth group. And I'm going to tell you, I was a little hesitant, all right? Because, like I said, I was in the deepest, darkest pit of my life that I've ever been in. And I hated God. I hated people. I hated my family. And above all else, I hated myself. But my friend didn't give up on me. And he invited me to church. And I was hesitant, but I still went. And let me tell you. That was the moment where my entire life turned around because I showed up not expecting to even believe in God at that moment. But God completely transformed me to the man I am today. And I'm sharing that as a premise to this story because what we're going to read about today is this woman that came to Jesus and she was dealing with a lot of the same struggles. And we're going to see how she came to Jesus in such a powerful way. So, before I jump into the story, I want to read you a little bit of the lyrics of that song, Gratitude. It says, so I throw up my hands and praise you again and again, because all that I have is a hallelujah. And I know it's not much, but I have nothing else fit for a king except for a heart singing hallelujah. If there's one word I can say, it's humility in those lyrics, right? Because we don't deserve God's grace, but God still gives it to us. That's where my story began, right? I did not deserve what God gave me, but instead he brought me to the place I'm at right now, and I am eternally grateful for that. So our story picks up with this lady. 
Some people believe it was Mary Magdalene. I don't know. We don't really have some, you know, we don't have her name in Luke. But if you have your Bible, raise it up in the air. Does anyone have their Bible? No? What the heck, guys? All right. Fibles. Got their Fibles. Raise your hand if you have a Fible. All right. So we're in Luke 7, 36. And this story begins with Jesus being invited to a Pharisee's house for dinner. And what we see is very interesting because the reaction from the Pharisees shows a lot about where we are in our world today, too. So let's begin. We're in Luke 7, 36 through 38. It says, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair. Any girls in here would wipe someone's feet with their hair? No? I mean, I would do it, but I don't have long enough hair, right? So, so she wiped his feet with her hair, kissed them, and then poured perfume on them. So here's the interesting thing. We have to come into this story with a few assumptions, right? The reason this lady came to Jesus in the first place and the reason this lady found Jesus is because she had already heard about what Jesus was doing all around Israel, right? She knew that Jesus was this man that was doing all these miracles because this was already pretty deep into Jesus's ministry. So we assume that she already knew who Jesus was. And in fact, she knew he was special enough that she would travel to go find him. And when she found him, what did she do? She didn't just go and ask him for something, right? Because we see a lot in scripture that when someone came to Jesus, they were like, Jesus, heal me. Jesus, give this to me. But what did she do? She fell at his feet and she wept and she cleaned his feet with her tears and her hair. And then she poured perfume on them. Do you guys know how much perfume cost back then? Anybody? So much. Like literally it is, it is believed that it cost her an entire year's wage for this perfume. That's literally so much money, right? Like I would never be willing to give up a year's wage of perfume to pour on some person's foot, right? But she knew that Jesus was special. And in fact, we have to assume that she knew Jesus was the Messiah. Because why else would she come to Jesus and worship him like she did? And what we see is she didn't ask him for things. So that shows that her actions are solely out of gratitude and love for him. And I believe this is one of the greatest displays, in my opinion, of not only faith, but of gratitude. Because this woman came up to Jesus and the first thing she did was fell at his feet, not asking for anything, but in fact, praising him, not even knowing that he was going to do what he was going to do, right? He didn't know, she didn't know that Jesus was going to redeem her and forgive her, right? Spoiler alert. We're going to read about it. It happens, right? But she didn't expect that to happen. And sometimes I think we need to have that much gratitude in our lives, right? Where we don't even expect Jesus and God to do something in our lives. Because it seems like all the time, we only show gratitude when God gives us something, right? 
Like sometimes we're like, if only God would give me more money, then I'll give to the poor. If only the person would come to me and ask, they need to approach me and then I'll tell them about Jesus, right? If only I had this or if only that would happen. But get this, gratitude is sometimes proactive, not reactive. In this story, I feel like we learned something that challenges the very way we think. Because I think, whenever I think of gratitude, I think it's a reaction to someone doing something for you, right? But what we see is this lady was grateful before Jesus even did anything for her, right? And through that gratitude, she actually took a step of faith. I mean, it's easy for us to be grateful to God when he answers your prayers. Because those moments we see God firsthand. But what happens when you have yet to see God move in your life? What happens? We question God, right? We don't show gratitude to God when he doesn't answer our prayer immediately. But instead, we question who he is and we say, where are you, God? How can I be grateful to a God that hasn't healed my family member from cancer? How do I show gratitude for that? We can look at God's character and know that in every circumstance, God is doing everything within his will. And that's how we show gratitude. But sometimes in those moments, it feels like we're in the desert, right? And it's scary. I've been in those moments. Let me share a little bit more of my story more recently. I moved here about almost a year ago. I think it was like January. I don't know. Time is hard to tell, guys. So I moved here about a year ago. And before that, I experienced the most challenging part of my spiritual walk I've ever experienced. You see, because I had a lot of people in my life that I trusted a lot. Like I trusted with my entire life. And what happened was situations happened and rumors started being spread that were untrue about me. And it ruined my reputation with some really good friends of mine. And that was a challenging time because I was serving a ministry and I thought I could trust the people within my church. And that turned out to not be true. And so what happened was... I started to doubt God. And I started to say, why would you let this happen to me? Why would you allow these people to say these things about me? Why would you allow friendships to be lost that I've had my entire life? And I started to question God. But the one thing that happened was me looking back at what God already did in my life. And I specifically remember this. I've never heard God's voice audibly, but this was pretty close. I remember praying to God and saying, what am I going to do? I don't want to do ministry anymore if this is what it's like. And I remember I felt it in my spirit. Are you going to give up on me after everything I've brought you through? And that was the moment where I was shooken in my faith. And I was like, wow, this moment feels so monumental in my life. And I don't want to do this anymore. But God said, look at what I brought you through. And I remember thinking, okay, you're the God of the promise. You are going to provide for me in every situation, in every storm. This storm felt so big, but yet gratitude prevailed. And I realized that God, even in that moment, was walking with me. You see, when I was at my lowest, I found gratitude as a catalyst for faith. 
And through that faith, I've gotten to the point where I'm at. And I'm at the healthiest place I've ever been. And that's where this lady was too. She had heard so much about Jesus and what he was doing. So she approached him. And instead of asking for redemption, which everyone else did, and Jesus still did it, right? Instead of asking for redemption, she fell at his feet. That's powerful. That's really, that's crazy. I couldn't imagine that. If you knew that he was healing people and you needed redemption, you knew you were living in sin and you needed his power to heal you and to save you, I would fall at his feet, right? How many of you guys would fall at his feet? Like that seems like the right answer, right? But she didn't do that. Instead, she just showed gratitude for who he was and she praised him. And that's because gratitude can jumpstart your faith. And what I mean by that is that, like I said, gratitude is a catalyst of faith sometimes. So when you're proactive and being grateful for who God is and the character of God, you see that actually makes you want to have faith. That actually makes you want to trust him in the valleys you're in. And this lady, she found faith because she was grateful for hearing what Jesus was doing. And she was grateful for God being on earth because, like I said, I believe she actually knew at that moment that Jesus was the Messiah. And so she was grateful that God was on earth. And that caused him to see her faith. Let's keep reading. It says, 39 through 48, it says, When the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, Is this man, If this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. She answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more, Simon replied. I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet. And she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. As her great love has shown, but whoever has been, who has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. I feel like it's really easy to wish that we were not like the Pharisees, right? But I think what we see a lot is that the Pharisees can actually be a mirror of us, right? Like we think all the time and we do all this lip work of like, I'm doing all the right things, God. You know, I'm faithful enough to you. I'm trying as hard as I can not to sin. And these Pharisees did the same thing. They said, who is this woman that is coming to you? You know she's a sinner. Why are you allowing her to touch you? But Jesus showed us how wrong we are. You see, it's easy for us to give lip work, praying over our food, thanking God for the things he gives us. But like I asked before, what about those moments when you feel scared or lost or empty? You see, the Pharisees never truly showed gratitude. Instead of loving God, he actually wanted to turn the one person in the room away that was doing the right thing. And I love how Jesus used the analogy of the moneylender because he said, both people are forgiven. 
But who loved the money lender more? The person that had the bigger debt. And so Jesus used that as an analogy because this lady clearly seemed to have the bigger debt, right? She was literally labeled as the woman that was living in sin. Like these Pharisees look all holy, all great, right? But this lady come and they're like, don't let her touch you, Jesus. And she's like, wait, listen, she's actually forgiven because she had enough faith to come to me. And she's going to love me more and she's going to show more gratitude because her faith is stronger because her debt was bigger. So how does her story apply to our lives? It's because it was through her faith that she was healed. But she wouldn't have had faith without her already coming to Jesus and praising him and having gratitude for who Jesus was, right? Because she heard all these stories already and she trusted not knowing. I keep saying that because she did not know and she did not even expect Jesus to heal her. But instead he did it because of her faith and because she trusted that if she praised him, that this would happen, right? So she chose worship over comfortability because it's definitely not comfortable to wash someone's feet with your hair, right? It's definitely not comfortable. I saw someone cringe. How many of you guys would definitely do that? We got one. Yeah. All right. I definitely would not do that. That's disgusting. All right. Especially since my hair is not that long. I would, I'd really have to dig in there to wash his feet, right? But she chose worship over comfortability because that's how it should be. And she chose to be grateful even when it could have not gone her way. She chose to be grateful even not knowing that Jesus was going to save her. It's in our lives, it's easy to choose gratitude when we receive. But back to my question before, what do we do when we haven't received yet? We praise him for his character. If there's one thing we know about this woman is that she was a Jew. She knew who God was. She knew the Messiah was promised. I kind of feel like she saw that in Jesus. And that is why she praised him even before receiving anything. And here's my main point. Redemption is found in gratitude. You see, this woman found eternal life because she chose to be grateful without receiving anything. And you, too, can find that redemption. And so as I close, I want you to think about this question. What is a time that you have been grateful for something God has done in your life? What is a time that you can look back on and you can be like, that was a really difficult time in my life. But ultimately, God brought me through that. And I'm so grateful for that. And there may be some of you in this room that don't even believe what we're saying. And let me tell you this. I fully believe that God wants to do something in your life. And God is going to show you exactly who he is. We find redemption through the ability we have to be grateful. Because when you choose to be grateful, you begin to build your faith in ways you never expected. Now that you thought about what is it, now that you thought about a time when you were grateful for what God has done, how do you use that gratitude as a catalyst for your faith. And how do you use that faith? Whether that means working with your coworker, right? And you talk about, the, you just help them and you talk to them. And, or maybe it's, you see someone that's struggling financially, you give them some money, right? Whatever it is, 
I can't tell you what to do, right? But God works in us through the Holy Spirit to tell us how we can step out in faith and help people and how our stories can actually be a catalyst. I keep using that word because that's the beginning of a reaction, right? It's something that starts that reaction. And what I've seen is I've used my story and I've told people my story and that's affected them in a way that they, God sparks something in their heart, right? And then you see it and it keeps going and it keeps going and God does amazing things, but it starts with being grateful for what God is doing. So what is a way that through gratitude, you can use your faith in an amazing way to reach your friends, your family, your coworkers, whoever it is, be praying about that. And can I pray for you guys real quick, right as we close? Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you again for everyone in this room. I pray that as we reflect on um, what you've done in every single one of our lives, Lord, as we walk through the desert, Lord, that you walk with us and you even carry us, Lord. I pray over every one of us that we look back at that and can be grateful for who you are. And when we look at that, Lord, may it spark new faith in us, Lord, to reach, um, to reach the broken, to reach the lost, to reach our neighbor, Lord, and tell them exactly who you are. And I pray that we can be a catalyst right here for what you want to do in the community around us. I pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say it. Amen.